0: Good morning, beloved. So, yeah, that's a little about David. So, I got up this morning. I forgot it's Sunday. I just went blank. I was up la- whole night. I was preparing the sermon. I went to sleep. I set the alarm for 7, but I felt it's a Monday. I have no shoot. So, I went back to sleep. Maid comes at 8. I'm still wondering, like, I was in a daze. And then I remember, like, <laughs> it's Sunday. <laughs> I ran. <laughs> okay, I came here. So, um how many heard uh, Alistair shared a testimony did he share it on last Sunday or on Wednesday Okay. do you remember his testimony Alistair shared a testimony that he got this more than 50% raise 50% raise Okay. although he wanted a 35% so he goes so you have to know one thing now few months ago two months ago when we were in March And what is it right now? April, May. May end. Okay. Uh, So two months ago, I, I announced that Jesus is looking for two people to volunteer to be on his team for just putting chairs. We needed somebody in Regal to put chairs. Okay. To arrange chairs. How many remember that when I had said? So I told them when they came ahead and we needed some volunteers just to sort of like overlook because in every department that we have, like we have the tech, we have worship, everything. We always are looking for two people so that in case we want you to enjoy. It's not like physically coming here. If you want to take a vacation and go, that's okay. And then somebody else can also do it. Okay. So we don't want to tie you down. So we, I said, I need uh, at least two people. And so uh, Alistair came and Sasha came and they come from Burivli. They come from Borivali, Okay. And they decided to come early and they just said yes. They wanted to be part of just to give something. And I told them, I said, you have no idea what you've done. I said, this is not about just putting chairs. You think it's so simple, just putting chairs and aligning. I said, now bigger things will fall at your feet. You will not be fighting for bigger things because in small things, you saw yourself as a son. What is it about putting chairs? See, it's an opportunity. It comes like that and you have to be a son to see it. So when he came and just started putting chairs in the small things, he sees himself as a life-giving spirit. You have to run to take these opportunities. Where can I fill in? Where can I give life? Not how much am I receiving and then you can be hearing the word, hearing the word and say you're a son and you'll find it tough that things are not shifting for you. Because when the Time came for application. You missed it. You have to go. And so he took that position. And they just started, just small things, started putting chairs or overlooking, just like everything in Beloved. Two months, I said bigger things will fall at your feet. A job increase came. He didn't even need to fight for it. You know that he just went like a lion. Yeah, he told his boss what he wanted. The boss decided to give him more than what he wanted. And he got a 50% increase. Clap for him okay what am i trying to make you see here it had nothing to do with the bigger things that really mattered to him he was not fighting they were falling at his feet because in the small things he started taking dominion dominion comes in small things you are a life giving spirit not a life sucking spirit life giving spirit how many receive this Look for opportunities. That's why I'm saying small things, small things. I can almost see it, and I know that someone is going to inherit. And I remember telling Alistair. I said, now you see what happens. And in two months, he has this amazing job shift. I'm so excited for this. Okay, you will see this, beloved. Say, I'm awake. I'm, I'm, alive. I'm alive. Yeah. Amen. Um, <clears throat> okay. So, um, you know, another testimony before we get into the word I shared about uh, David was here. And so he was sharing on Wednesday how he lost his he lost his card. He lost his card. okay, And um, he lost his credit card, debit card, debit card. And he couldn't find it. He he backtracked where he was and he just knew that sons don't lose anything. He just kept resting in that word. And then he went to this, um, uh, you know, he looked at all the places. He went to the, maybe the hotel where he was and he didn't find it. Then he goes to this bridge where he thinks like, you know, maybe he's left it. He goes there and still he doesn't find it. And then even when he didn't find it, he said, you know what? Um, I have this message on beloved. Don't let the word, your experiences tell you who you are. Your experiences don't tell you who you are, the word tells you who you are, apart from your experiences. And so he comes back home dejected and he's like, he doesn't find the card and he was like, no, I'm a son, it's not in my nature to lose. Apart from his experiences. He comes back home and then suddenly opens his bag and in the cuff of his shirt is his card. Randomly he finds it. I told you when you don't allow your experiences to mess with you, And to steal that word out of you, that's when your experience will match the word. You'll have a new experience. So sometimes you'll have been through lives and, you know, bad things have happened. And now you sort of dilute the word and have taken on a wrong identity. And your identity, why you believe you're a failure or you believe you're rejected, everything because of your experiences. Your experiences told you you're a failure. Your experiences told you you're not a nice person or you are rejected, all of these are experiences told you and then as a son if you choose to believe the father says you know I'm accepted, I'm loved, that it's not in my nature to lose, even though I've lost everything, I don't care father I thank you that you say it's not in my nature to lose and I still rest in that truth. That's when you'll see that now your experience has changed to the truth and everything around you begins to shift. Okay, that's how you take it. Um, I have a message on forgive to inherit in beloved hear that it's got nothing to do with you forgiving people. It's actually got to do with you forgiving yourself or that experience and not allowing that experience to taint you. It's like, you know, one experience happens and now you put on sunglasses and now everything that you see is through that experience and you don't allow that you let the blood wash you of that experience and still choose to believe what the father says and then you'll see that those experiences around you begin to change okay because you've held the word higher than the experience okay so last week we did uh, we spoke about we're doing part two the what we're doing is jesus became sin that you might become the righteousness of god in christ Okay, what did we cover last week? I just want to briefly uh, tell you, the father is not having a relationship with you through your flesh, through your body. The father is having a relationship with you through his spirit. Okay, because your body is dead. Jesus' body had to go on the cross. He died, he buried, he rose again. He took on everything in his body so that today God is not having a relationship with you not looking at you in the flesh. His relationship with you is through your spirit that is one spirit with him. Okay? This is maturity. This is why you need to know this truth. Okay? And um, so now now we're going to uh, go on from there. I told you Uh, We talked about last week of how Paul has, um, you know, Paul talks about, uh, he says, I want to do good, but I don't do good. I feel like with my mind, I say yes, but then I find myself doing other things in my flesh. And then he says, who's going to set me free from this body of sin? Okay. And the next word says, thank God. Now, therefore in Jesus Christ, there is now therefore no more condemnation. So as a son, we said that where is the law of sin and death? In your members, okay? But where is the law of life? In your spirit, okay? And Paul disconnects from his flesh and says, if I do something silly, he says, it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in my members. So where is your identity coming from? It's not coming from your flesh or your body. It's coming from? Your spirit man. Okay? Now, these two things I want you to know because these are foundational truths because the devil doesn't have any hook in you then. Because he knows that as a son, you separate yourself from the flesh. You lost your cool on somebody, yeah, it's sin in your flesh that did it. But you, your identity is still, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, in a place of that, if you know that, then you can deal with your flesh as flesh and subdue it. In, as a, in a place of being secure in your identity as a son, then it calls you to put to death the deeds in your body. But if you don't know this truth, then it has a hold on you and you'll find yourself that you can never get out of your addictions. You can never get out of these bad things around you. You're constantly getting sucked into them. Okay? So true truths, you are not your flesh. Uh, son of God, When you are born again, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You can do silly things, but you can't stay there. And the way to get out of those things, if you are in addictions and if you have things controlling you and you feel, you have to know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. It has no hold over you. Okay? God doesn't look at you as a sinner. He looks at you as a son. We talked about how sin is not something you do. Adam was born a sinner. Adam sinned and so because of Adam, everyone who was born of Adam is a sinner. Last week we talked about in Romans, I think Romans Romans 6, is because Adam sinned, we are all called sinners. How many remember that? Now because Jesus is righteous, everyone born of Jesus, that's what born again means, born of whom? Born of whom? Born of Christ. Because of him, You have been made righteous. Righteous. So just the way Adam, everyone born of Adam was a sinner. And so even if they did something good, they don't become good people. They're still sinners doing something good. Similarly, if you're born righteous of Christ, you can do something bad. You still don't become bad. You're still the righteousness of God in Christ because it has nothing to do with what you do. It's got to do with blood. Our relationship with Christ is with the father is by blood okay so let me go again last week you talked about you know in the old testament after Adam sinned everyone became a sinner now how was God the father still trying to bless his people still trying to get goodness to them that's why in the old also they had offerings remember the lamb offering the bull offering what was the offerings for Why was there need for blood? So that God could still have a way to bless his kids. Have the blessings come upon them. Similarly, now in the new, Christ is called the Lamb of God. His blood had to be shed so that once and for all, the Father can bless you through his blood. Why is it blood? How many know, I told you last week again, just a small recap. How does Prince William, why will Prince William inherit all his wealth from Charles? Can you go and just say I'm the sister and the brother? What will they first do? Maybe do a DNA check on you, bloodline, let's see. Because all inheritance is attached to blood. That's how kingdom works, you have to be born in that to become the king. You can't be through democracy a king. You have to be born. So king's son will become king and he'll inherit everything because it's a blood covenant. So all inheritance is attached to blood. And today, you and I are sons of his blood. That is the security. Because you're a son of his blood, you can put to death the deeds of the flesh. Okay, and we're going to look at that. We're going to look at Uh, addictions, and all of these things, and how do you get out of them? You know, if you confess your sins, nothing is going to happen. You'll still stay there. You can do that. It's fine. I was telling somebody, what do you do when you're sick? I am healed. By His stripes, I am healed. Resurrection life is in me. If you feel you're weak, no, I'm strong in Christ. If you're poor, if there's no money, no, Jesus became poor, that I might become rich. And when you sin, do something foolish? Confess all your sins. How will you get out, of, get, get out of it? I am the righteousness of God in Christ. You have to tell yourself because that is the truth. The way out of all those things. Okay, So let's read Romans 8 before we go. Beloved is awake and alive and your eyes are wide open. Romans 8. Therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation. So this just comes before what Paul is saying, okay? I wanted to do good, but I don't see myself doing good. I do the bad. And then he says, thank God, it's no more I who do it, but sin that dwells in my members. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. I covered this in part one, so hear that. Okay. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. That means to continuously focus on the flesh. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind or the flesh is enmity against God and it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the... What does it say? Those who are in the... Flesh cannot please God. I told you there's a whole generation of church that tries to get holy in the flesh. It is not possible because the law of sin and death is present. You can think and that's when you think you get and then suddenly that one day the person will fall or they think the person fell. Doesn't, can't, everyone will fall. That's why Jesus died in his body had to come and become a sacrifice for you because your body can never attain holiness in the flesh. Okay, that's why, that's why it says the righteous requirement of the law has been fulfilled in the body of Christ so that you and I go free. Our holiness is a gift to be received. And even as you believe, it says awake to righteousness and sin not. Even as you're believing who you truly are, now you can deal with things in your flesh when they pop up. You can subdue them, but knowing that you're still the righteousness of God in Christ then you can do it, okay? So now, verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. What does it say here? Are you in the flesh? You're not in the flesh, If in the spirit. And it's, it says, how will you know this? If in the spirit of God dwells in you. Does the spirit of God dwells in you? So what does it give you an identity of? Are you in the flesh? You are in this body, but you're not of this body. It's telling you, don't let the body tell you who you are that's why when symptoms come yeah they're facts they might be there are sicknesses there are symptoms of diseases in the body yeah they're facts we sometimes in beloved we call them lying symptoms you can say they're they're facts yeah I see the report I see it shows rheumatoid arthritis 0 to one it shows cancer yeah they're facts but the truth is that you're the righteousness of God in Christ and if the Holy Spirit is in you it's giving life to this mortal body and the higher law will always subdue the lower law The Bible only tells us to reckon yourselves, see yourselves seated in Christ. Believe it, by faith. Okay? Now see this. It says here, you are not in the flesh but in the spirit, if the spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. The body is dead because of sin. Whatever works you do in the body, It's called a dead work. Whether it's good or bad, it's a dead work. Everything that we do is by awareness in Christ. Okay? Now see this. But the spirit is life because of... Say that. Righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Everything I love... Asha Asha Asha's testimony you know where she said that everything comes actually in a thought and the warfare is all in thoughts if you learn to pull down those thoughts then you realize nothing is even coming coming to you the thought came that if I have the with the water with the ice in it I am going to get fever the thought came then she's getting a thought of like oh I'm feeling congested and then she doesn't entertain she, what does she do? She pulls down those thoughts and she rests. No, I'm a resurrection life is in me. And suddenly everything disappears. Start pulling down your thoughts because they exalt themselves. I told you, what's it say? Pull down every thought, exalting itself against the knowledge of God and bring it to the obedience of Christ. Means what? Everything, like all of what she was saying, it's telling you that it's greater than you. Nothing is greater than the sun. Everything is under your feet that's why you pull those down, okay, it has no power over you, okay, let's go ahead, therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, that means you don't keep listening to your flesh, to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die, but if by the spirit, if by the spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. As many as are led or allow themselves to be dominated by the Spirit, these are sons of God. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Why does it say spirit of bondage again to fear? That's like you've lost your position or you did something wrong. So now you become a sinner again, far away, disconnected. No, it says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with, I told you this, not with your body, that you are children of God. Meaning, not that you do good things in your body, and so now the spirit is bearing witness with your body and your flesh that you are children. It doesn't say that. The Spirit bears witness with your spirit that you are children of God or sons of God. And if sons, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. The Holy Spirit is bearing witness, not with your body. The Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit that you are children of God. As far as God is concerned, your body has been crucified with Christ. He is not having a relationship with you through your body and your flesh. And the devil makes you think the father is having a relationship with you based on your body. And so the whole church has looking, trying to get holiness in the flesh. And it's not possible. How many receive this? It's important to know this truth because only then can you deal with the deeds in your body. If you know that your position never changes, you're always the righteousness of God and Christ by the blood of Christ, not by your blood. Your blood is tainted, Adam's blood. But we needed another blood. That's why we were adopted. We came into a different bloodline. That bloodline has no diseases in it. That's why you can't have hereditary diseases. There are no curses in that bloodline. You don't need to keep going to what generation and breaking curses. Your bloodline changed. That's why born again means born of new blood. That's why when we took communion, before the cross, Jesus took communion, He became us. That after the cross, when we partake communion, we become Him. In a new bloodline. That's why it's blood and body. Constant reminder, your bloodline changed. Born again means born from above. Okay. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. You are children of light. And as children of light, then we can deal with things of darkness when they pop up in our lives. Okay. Now let's look at Galatians 4. So I'm just going to read this. Okay. Galatians 4 verse 4. Now I say that an heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. Though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth a son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth his spirit, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. You know, I've highlighted that. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. You're no longer a victim. Victim mindset does not inherit. Whenever you get victimized. What is the meaning of victimized? Victimized means something is greater than you. You become a slave to it. It says here, Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ Jesus. Whenever a situation comes, don't allow yourself to get victimized by it. That's why it's important to shake it off. Don't let that experience give you an identity. That, oh, you are under it. Something bad happened. No, shake it off. I'm still the righteousness of God in Christ. Don't allow it to taint you. Okay? Now, what does it say? As long as he's a child, he does not differ at all from a slave. You know, you only tell children, I've given you this example before. You tell children, don't play with knives. When they're small, you have to say this, don't do this, don't do this. When they're big, I will not go and tell Joel, don't play with knives, he's in the kitchen. Expect him not to play with knives, right? Because he's grown up. The law was given, it said the law was like a tutor bringing us to Christ. Like, don't do this, don't do this, kept us. But it says, when the fullness of time had come, Christ came to redeem us from the law that you're no longer now under the law, that now his divine nature has come in in you and it's not in your nature. Everyone sitting here or hearing me, the sound of my voice, everything in you just wants to be like your father because now you've been born of another seed, born of Christ and everything in you loves light and hates darkness. But the devil comes and gives you like an amnesia. No, you still love darkness. It's good. No, you actually you don't. Everything in you need repels darkness, OK? But it comes from a place of identity, knowing you're the righteousness of God. If you know you're a king, you'll walk like a king, you'll give like a king, you'll speak like a king. Everything about you will be like a king. After you've started eating at the table with the Father, then if you go out and someone places food that is not from the father's table, I don't have to convince you to say no. You will want to say no because you've tasted so much goodness. In Isaiah, it says, how did the son of God even learn to discern between good and evil? By eating curd and honey. Curd is the abundance of milk. Honey, that means even God... The son of God was trained by eating curd and honey. That means you've eaten so much good that you can't handle bad. I'll give you an example. I love sushi. You know what sushi is? It's raw meat, raw raw fish. Okay. But I've eaten sushi at like these connoisseurs, you know, like the high end where they have these couture things. And so good sushi that now when they say that we make sushi and I go to every restaurant, because I've eaten there, I can't handle this average sushi. And because I know what good sushi tastes like. So every time they say, I said, no, this is, I don't say it to them, I said, yeah, it's good. But I know what good is because I've eaten good. The reason why people call bad things good is because they never ate good. And because people in this position never told them that the father is good. It's the goodness of God that leads to repentance, a change of heart. And so how will you know? Tell them about the good father. Your father is so good. I've I've told you, I've been into places of temptation. The reason I walked away and said no is not because it was sin and it was wrong. It's because I knew my God is that good. I don't want it like this. And I walked away. It's the goodness of God that changes your heart. And that's what I want everyone in Beloved, that you start eating good. That now you don't have to fight. You'll walk away because you know what your portion is. It's easy. Sin is not attractive. The father is attractive. Okay, nothing about darkness is good. You'll, you'll say no to it. I don't have to teach you to it to do it. Now look at this. Let's say, let's go to eight, verse eight. But then indeed, when you did not know God, you served those which by nature are not gods. But now after you have known God and rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? You observe days and months and seasons and years, and I'm afraid for you, least I have labored for you in vain." Brethren, I urge you to become like me, for I became like you. You have not injured me at all. You know that because of physical infirmity, I preached the gospel to you at first, and my trial which was in my flesh, you did not despise or reject, but you received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. What then was the blessing you enjoyed? For I bear you witness that if possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. Have I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? This is Paul talking about, you know, Paul had an encounter with Jesus on the road of Damascus. Okay, a bright light comes, he can't see. Then somebody comes, lays hands on him. He begins to see. And then Paul has this revelation of, downloaded into him. He goes to Arabia, has this revelation of Christ in me. The hope of glory. That... I am one with him, he is one with me. We are one body. Paul has this revelation, okay? And so now he's, uh, now let's just go ahead. Let's go in verse 17. They zealously court you, but for no good. Yes, they want to exclude you, that you may be zealous for them. But it is good to be zealous in a good thing always, and not only when I'm present with you. My little children, for whom I labor in birth again, until Christ is formed in you. I would like to be present with you now and to change my tone, for I have doubts about you. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? Now, Paul is going in a church, this is Galatian church, okay? Judaism was there, they're all they're all fulfilling the law, they have all these, um, uh, you know, all of the, um, the traditions that they're doing, the rituals that they're keeping, all of this under the law. Christ has come, has redeemed them, but they're still engaging with the law and still doing a lot of these things. And Paul is telling them, look, you now you're not under the law. Christ has fulfilled the law. Now we're free. So they got saved, but they're still under the law and probably just pushing the law on others also. Okay. And see this now in verse 21, he says, tell me you who desire to be under the law. Do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham has two sons, the one by a bond woman, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bond woman was born according to the flesh, and he of the free woman through promise, which things are symbolic. How many know this story? Abraham had two children. One was born of Hagar, one was born of Sarah. God told Abraham, from your seed, many generations are going to come. Many seeds will come. And through that seed, at one point, the Messiah is going to come. Now, uh, Sarah gets tired waiting. So she thinks she needs to help God. Whenever God tells you things done in the flesh, it always means unaided by God. Something that you've done in your own strength to get ahead. And it always says that the flesh leads to death. It's the spirit that leads to life and life eternal. So what does she do? She tells, Sarah tells her maidservant, go sleep with my man. And through that comes Ishmael. And to date, you know, the, from Ishmael comes Muhammad. Then we have the whole Muslim generation that came out of that one act of flesh. Okay. It delays things. And through the spirit at the right time when God spoke, it said God spoke And then God did what he had spoken. God spoke it and God did it. And it says in Hebrews that Sarah received, uh, you know, she received the, the strength to conceive because she judged him faithful. She came to a place where she knew it's not got to do with her. It's everything has got to do with the father, he being faithful to her. And through that came Isaac, and through that seed comes Christ. Okay, so it says here, see this. He who was, he was of the bond woman was born according to the flesh, that is Ishmael, and he of the free woman through promise, that's Isaac, which things are symbolic. For these are the two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar, for this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to jerusalem and now is and is in bondage with her children but the jerusalem above is free which is the mother of us all for it is written rejoice o barren you who did not bear break forth and shout you who do not do not you who are not in labor for the desolate has many more children than she who has a husband verse 28 now we brethren as isaac was are children of promise Beloved is awake alive. I know this is deep teaching, but this is very important. Okay. It says here, we are children not of, look at your flesh, everyone look at your body. You are children not of flesh. You are children of promise. Your whole identity as a son is by promise, is by faith. You do not look at your flesh, no matter how much it goofs up. You are children of promise, born of his blood. Then you can deal with the flesh. Because if you constantly keep separating that I am not my flesh, then you can deal with it as a separate person there doing foolish things, I can deal with you, I'll subdue it, but my identity, I'm not you. How many receive this? Okay. We are children of promise, but as he who was born of the flesh then persecuted him, who was born of the spirit, so it is also now. That's why if you keep looking to your flesh, it'll pull you down and you'll get discouraged. It says, because there's a constant war going on between flesh and spirit. Okay nevertheless what does the scripture say cast out the bond woman and her son for the son of the bondwoman woman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman so then brethren we are not the children of what does it say we are not children of the bond woman but of the free are you sons of the flesh no sons of the spirit go back again see so much truth is there how do you inherit for the son of the bond woman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then brethren, we are not children of the bond woman but of the free. A son inherits, a slave doesn't. You look at your flesh and live your life, it will make you a slave. And then you wonder why you don't inherit. The promises of God are not coming into my life. Because your whole life you've gone living according to your flesh. Sons inherit. Sons, is only son by blood, children of promise by faith. You'll start effortlessly inheriting, like Alistair. No one got 50% hype. Boss is giving him 50% hike, more than what he wanted. What's going on, man? How does that happen? Because he shifted chairs in Beloved. <laughs> it is so small. Someone can say, she's not giving me a big role, just chairs. It was the biggest role. But people didn't see it, he saw it life-giving spirit something so small because the father says jesus says even if you give water to one of mine that person will not go without a blessing you think a chair you shifted for christ oh let me see i'll put a chair under your feet now under you and things are serving you okay you are a life giving spirit in small things bigger things you don't have to fight They will fall at your feet. Okay? See this. Galatians 5. Verse 5. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. What is he saying? Stand fast now in the liberty which Christ has given you. Do not be entangled in the yoke of bondage. Again, what is that yoke of bondage? You're a sinner. Everything comes to grab you. No, you've been freed. Okay. Now see this. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. What were they doing trying to now get circumcision and keeping all these laws again? Christ will profit you nothing. That means you're trying to get right with God through the flesh. It says Christ and his promises, will, it'll profit you nothing. Nothing is going to shift in your life. Okay? See this. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You want to keep the law? Keep the whole law. Not just your tits and bits of it. Keep everything. Okay? Now see this. Verse 4. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by the law or by your flesh. You have fallen from grace. How do you fall from grace? Not by sin by trying to get right with God try to get holiness in the flesh it says Christ will profit you nothing Christ will profit you nothing means what you don't see the promises of God becoming yes and amen in your life because you're identifying I'm a child of the flesh children of flesh are not inheriting children of promise it is different bloodline Abrahamic it's saying it's a symbolic these are symbols so, your identity and my identity is not coming from flesh. It is coming from spirit. By not my blood, by his bloodline that is attached to me now. Now, as sons, you can deal with flesh. But once you know this truth, you're not sons of the flesh, you're sons of the spirit. How many receive this? Okay? Awake? It's meat. But you're receiving it okay okay let's go ahead so see this um <clears throat> for we through the spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by f- righteousness by faith that's why it doesn't say you're righteous you're righteous by faith everything is by faith okay for in christ Je- jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything Whether you do good, do bad, that means still in the flesh. Get circumcised, don't get circumcised, it says nothing. But faith working through love. Verse 7, you ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. A little leaven, leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will have no other mind. But he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. And I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, that means the law, why do I still suffer persecution? Then the offense of the cross has ceased. I could wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves off. Verse 13. For you, brethren, have been called... Now see this. Now this is the truth. You, brethren, have been called to liberty... Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. I know I can do all things. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. He's saying now you have, you've been given all freedom. Now in your freedom, don't use it as an opportunity for the flesh. It's like you've become now the president of India. Suddenly you go there. Now because you've been given the president of India, now you'll delegate it through the position that you've given. You know, using it as an opportunity to put in some things that are not, you know, that are not right or good, okay? But as sons, you use that opportunity. Actually, you'll walk in that responsibility that is given to you, okay? So see this, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. Verse 16, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What a powerful truth. How do, you, how do you rule over your flesh? You know, the things that pop up in your flesh. It says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of your flesh. What does walk in the spirit mean? Constantly remind yourself of the righteousness of God in Christ. That means in all things we are setting our mind on things above, not on things of the earth, not on things of the flesh. Even though it's rising up here and there, you're shaking it off and still saying, yeah, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm still a son of the blood. It says, if you learn to do this, you're walking in the spirit. It says, then you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You can actually overcome it. You know, I was watching Netflix. I feel sad now, Netflix, every movie you see, you have to see if it's A rated, R-rated, there's sex, there's nudity. And like I remember the time when there were certain uh, things on Indian television that were constantly just like made savvy for you. And now there are genuinely some nice movies and I want to watch it, but some of these just have like A, uh, you know, A-rated or there's nudity or there's sex. And to overcome these things, how do you do that? Why do you want to see someone else becoming one? Even on television, it's one, two become one, not five become one. You have your oneness with him. And I was reeling. Really, I saw like two, three movies and I was like, oh, I don't want. And I wish they had they had um, movies that actually have versions of like, you can choose to watch something because it's really a nice movie, a good story, but remove some of the content out, out of it. But how do you overcome? And I was wondering, it's not a tug. By default, you will not want to is because you're the righteousness of God in Christ. You can smoke. Smoke is not sinning. People say smoke, I was like, "Yeah, thou shall not smoke. All of these things the Bible tells you to rule over them. How many have three cups, five cups of coffee a day? It's a caffeine kick. To rule it, and I was like, my God, I don't like my caffeine intake. I'm gonna make it just one cup of coffee a day because I don't want anything to make me a slave to it. Addiction to it, be it Netflix, be it anything, to rule over this freedom in Christ because your righteousness is not based on your flesh. It's based on spirit. And if you know you're the righteousness of God and Christ, by default, you'll end up reigning over these things where you choose not to. I was like, oh man, someone needs to filter Netflix for me. You will end up doing those things because you you don't feel like it anymore. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. How do you get out of pornography? Same way, you're the righteousness of God and Christ. It says, walk in the spirit. You're born of him, born of his blood. And then it says, you will not fulfil the lust of the flesh. Okay, it comes through identity. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. See this, they are contrary to one another. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit- What does it mean? If you are dominated by the spirit. If you get your identity from... I'm telling you, if you have addictions, if you want to rule over them, you will not rule over them if you keep identifying with the flesh and allow yourself to get condemned. You can only rule over that if you're allowing yourself to get your identity from the spirit. Because that is the truth. You are the righteousness of God and Christ. Then you can deal with things in the flesh. I can rule over things. Okay Priya, enough of Netflix. No more watching these, you know. And you can, you can rule over those things. Now see this. Now the works of the flesh are evident. What are the works of the flesh? Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, luredness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, you lose your cool, selfish ambitions, dissensions means dividing, you know, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But look what verse 22 says. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. What is the last? What? It will produce self-control in me the more I tell myself I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. It will produce self-control. I'm telling you, I've been in temptation. What made me walk off? (laughs) Self-control, I had that. The fruit manifested there. I felt I needed to because I don't want this. (laughs) The fruit of the spirit, reminding yourself you're the righteousness of God, born again, born from his kingdom, produces the fruit, is self-control. I'd rather go with what my father says about me. In the midst of your addictions, in the midst of your addictions, remind yourself who you are. And don't let your flesh give you an identity, even though you see your flesh operating. You remind yourself, yeah, I'm born again, born from him. Still the righteousness of God. My father still loves me. You can't indulge in those things. You learn to walk away. Okay? Now see this. Against such there is no law. Verse 24. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, provoking one another, envying one another. If you are in Christ, you have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. See, when we were in Adam, when Adam sinned and he fell, he had no way of getting out of things. They would hold him down. But now that the Holy Spirit is coming and dwelling in you, there's a greater law in you that by default, it keeps repelling light. You know, we'll read ahead. When it says that Christ comes in you, Um, if you meddle with darkness, it will lead to darkness because the nature of darkness is dark, just the way the nature of light is to be light. So when it says that light came and darkness could could not comprehend light, light is not changing darkness. It says in the presence of light, there is no darkness. It pushes out darkness. That's why when Christ comes in you, it pushes out every manner of darkness. So Jesus goes and touches the leper. His light affects the leprosy. So there is a misteaching teaching of like, oh, grace means do. No, 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 you didn't understand it at all. When Christ comes in you, it pushes out everything in you. Everything in hates the flesh. It's there, but you don't get an identity from the flesh. So you can deal with the flesh. You are receiving what I am saying. If you meddle with, with uh, go and sit in a gutter, guttery things will, the the fruit of the guttery things is gutter. You can't say, oh, I am light, so now the gutter will become light. No. Light is meant to push out the gutter. It's the nature of light to do that. That's why it says, he who sows to the flesh, will of the flesh lead death. Don't be mocked. You're going and sleeping with somebody, it's adultery. You think that's going to lead to light because I'm the righteousness of God and Christ? No. Righteousness of God and Christ repels any manner of darkness. That's what it means. So light and darkness can't be. It doesn't mean I can do whatever and now it's still, no. All flesh leads to death. It's just like going myself, getting my hands in some black mud. I'm going to get mud all over me. But because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, I don't want mud because I'm wearing all white. How many know when you wear white? The last thing you want to do is get some dirt on because you're in white. Why? Because when you know you're the righteousness of God, you don't want any mud on you. So how will you not get the mud on you? Not by knowing you're muddy. You will want to get more muddy. I'm sinner, anyway I'm dirty, let's get more mud. The righteousness of God in Christ, you walk with a sense of I am the righteousness, you don't want the mud. Everything in you, sons, wants to be just like your father. It's in your innate being because you were born of him. So you don't have to struggle with those things. You want to walk away from them because you were made for higher things. Okay. Now see this. <clears throat> Galatians 6. I'm going to finish this today. Okay. Galatians 6. Brethren, if a man is overtaken by any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, least you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. himself. But let each one examine his own work and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. Verse 6, let him who is taught the word share in good things with him who teaches. Verse 7, do not be deceived. See this, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. What does this mean? He who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. Because it's in the nature of flesh to produce death. So if you're going after that, it's just going to go lead to more And more death. But he who sows to the spirit. Will of the spirit lead life. The flesh and the spirit can't go together. They are constantly against each other. And it's because Christ is in you. It's constantly putting to death the deeds of the body. Or all the things around you. But you can only do it. By knowing that you are not your flesh. You are your spirit. And time and again, constantly reminding, no matter how many times you get, you fall, shake up, dust it off, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. And then it says, when we're walking in the spirit, the flesh, the lust of the flesh, it has no hold on you. How many are receiving this? You are not your flesh, you are your spirit. Once you know your spirit and you're getting more and more rooted, yeah, I am spirit. After some time, you're not fighting those addictions. You will walk away from them because you don't want them anyway. I have friends who don't have Netflix. I'm like, so what if Netflix comes in your friend's house? I'm in this world, but not of this world. It has no hold over you. You can be in that place and have nothing. You don't want to. That is now working as a son, where I don't want to. It's around me, but I I don't want to. I can walk away. I sanctify myself. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Do I drink? I drink. I love wine. I like wine. Michael says, don't say love. You don't love the things of the world. I like wine, okay? I have a margarita once in a while. I don't allow, I'm I'm not an addict. I'm not a drunkard. I don't let it rule me just the way I don't want to let caffeine to rule me. People smoke. It's okay, you're still a son. Don't have 20 packs a day. It's ruling you. Rule over all things. Have no addictions. You're watching movies? Yeah, don't let them rule you watch but don't let them rule you sanctify yourself this is for matured sons don't write to me okay said she said smoke i did not and let us not grow weary in while doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart therefore as we have opportunity let us do good to all especially to those who are of the household of faith verse 11 See with what large letters I have written to you with my own hand. Maybe he wrote in capital letters. As many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. That means, oh, I better not preach this, because then the whole world will start persecuting me, because it looks like license to sin. No. You walk like a sun, light repels Darkness. You're waking up to light. Children of light. Children of light repel all the things of darkness. Okay. Now see this. For not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. There's so much truth here. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. The world has been crucified to you and you to the world. For in Jesus, Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but... But... What does it say? New creation, new creation new creation so much truth read this in nlt it's amazing 1 corinthians 5 verse 5 okay now this is in this church there is like so christ is you know paul is going on preaching he's he's planted all these churches going on and now in this church there is a son who is sleeping with his mother okay this kind of act is going on let's see this verse 5 It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, a kind of immorality that is condemned even among the unbelieving Gentiles, that someone has an intimate relationship with his mother's, with his father's wife, okay? Are you, and you are proud and arrogant. You should have mourned in shame so that the man who has done this disgraceful thing would be removed from your fellowship. For I, though absent, in body but present in spirit have already passed judgment on him who has committed this act as if i were present verse four in the name of our lord jesus when you are assembled and i am with you in spirit with the power of our lord jesus now verse five you are to hand over this man to satan for the destruction of his body one second what does it say after that so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the lord jesus So if this person is going on doing something in the flesh, what does it say? He who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. It says, but his spirit, does it say he's going to hell? What does it say? His spirit is saved. It's because it's by the blood that you got saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. But if you're tampering with the things of the flesh, things of the flesh lead to destruction. It's like me messing around and drinking or going in the gutter it doesn't mean that the gutter becomes water (laughs) it's in your nature to repel everything of darkness it's not in you that's what it means they can't stay stay together i believe this person is not really born again and then later on you see in the chapter that this guy gets restored comes back home and now paul says you know what now don't let him mourn please please receive him back no condemnation to those who are in Christ. And this guy goes along in the next chapter. You see that. Okay. But not see this. It says that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Verse 6. You're boasting over the supposed spirituality of your church is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven ferments the whole batch? Uh, just as a little sin corrupts a person or an entire church, clean out the old leaven so that you may be a new batch, just as you are still unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us celebrate the feast, not with old leaven, not with leaven of wise and malice and wickedness, but with unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Verse 9, I wrote you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not meaning the immoral people of this world or the greedy ones and swindlers or idolaters, for then you would have to get out of the world and human society altogether. He's like, look, I don't mean to. You know, we are in this world to affect and bring the lost back home. That's why it's not like be light to light. Y'all are just hanging around church. People don't get the other people saved only. It's saying yeah. he's saying, then he's saying, if I'm saying like this, I'll have to pull you out of this world only. But see what he says here. But actually I have written to you not to associate with any so-called Christian brother. If he is sexually immoral or greedy or an idolater, devoted to anything that takes the place of God or is a, how do you pronounce that, reviler who insults or slanders or otherwise verbally abuses others or is a drunkard or a swindler you must not so much as eat with such a person for what business is it of mine to judge outsiders non-believers do you not judge those who are within the church to protect the church as the situation requires god alone sits in judgment on those who are outside the faith remove the wicked one from among you expel him from your church you know what happened when they did this before, this guy was just among. And they were probably just allowing it to go on. Even in Beloved, we deal with things. Like if we see there's like this slander going on, everything, we catch it. Because it, it, it's like, it's, it, you think it's you and it's not you. It's like, um, like the devil doing something and then it just spreads. And we don't want it. And what happened that they took this wisdom, they just, no, he's, they're like, no, this is, not, this is not in Christ. You're not under the law. Because if, you're, if you are not under the law, you can actually reign over things. Okay, those who are under the law can't reign. But when you're un but then there's no law on you, you're not under the law, grace you can have dominion over things. Okay? And so they put him out, and then he has repentance. And he comes back in the next chapter. And then it says the church it says in the Bible that we welcome him. Okay? Now see this, verse six does any of you when he has a complaint with another dare to go to law before unrighteous men instead of before the saints do you not know that the saints that means you and i will judge the world if the world is to be judged by you are you not competent to my to try to try trivial cases do you not know that we will judge angels how much more then Matters of this life. So if you have lawsuits dealing with matters of this life, are you appointing those as judges who are who are of no account in the church? I say this to your shame. Can it be that there is not one wise man among you who will be able and competent to decide between his fellow believers, but instead brother goes to law against brother and that before... Unbelievers. I'll explain this. Why? The very fact that you have lawsuits with one another is already a defeat. Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be defrauded? On the contrary, it is you who wrong and defraud, and you do this even to your brothers and sisters. Verse 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate that means perverse, nor those who participate in homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, those words are used as weapons to abuse, insult, humiliate, intimidate and slander, nor swindlers will inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God. But, verse 11, what does it say? And such were some of you before you believed... So it's again telling you, all of this thing is not of our kingdom. But now it says, one second. So you know that all of these things will not inherit. But then it says, you were like this, but you are not like this anymore. For you were washed by the atoning sacrifice of Christ. You were sanctified, set apart for God and made holy. You were justified, declared free of guilt in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and in the Holy Spirit of our Lord, the source of the believer's new life and changed behavior. What is he saying? What is Paul saying? Paul is constantly identifying between the old man and the new. And so he says here, first he gives them an identity that, see, you separate yourself from the sin. You are not your flesh, you are your spirit man. Everything, your identity is coming from what the Father says about you, not even what your body is doing. And then now he's teaching Galatian church to be like mature. Now, come on, wake up. All of these things are not of God, he's saying. Now, if you see all of these things here, he's saying we know that we have our identity comes from the Father. It comes from our spirit. And he's telling them, don't subdue these things. Don't be a part of them. And how can can you reign over them? by knowing that you're the righteousness of God and Christ. so And then he tells them, you know, if this person was among you, you didn't even judge it correctly. You can't handle small things. Bigger things, how are you going to do? Because you're going to rule over angels. In small things, judging. So what was it looks like, oh, how can you do that, Bria? Because you speak grace, you're putting this person out. No, but in small things, because when that person was put out, it says this guy, he came in repentance. He understood what the cross did for him that is you know it's not becoming he's he's a son of the light and now the church and takes the church takes him back and paul actually says listen don't condemn him take him back receive him with open arms so to the world it looks like this was this doesn't look like god it was god to bring the son back slap him into goodness what are you doing you're meddling with the things of darkness things of darkness never produce light They'll just produce more and more and more death. I remember someone saying, your sin will keep you in places where you don't want to be. Take you places where you don't want to go. And everything in you wants to be just like your father. And why is the person even there? Is because they don't know how good their father is. It's the goodness of God. Even in the midst of your sin, you're still the righteousness of God and Christ. Your teachings on you are the righteousness of God and you will walk away from things. If there's things happening among you, expose it. Because everything in light just shines out. We don't cover it. We put light on it. Like, what is going on? That's why talk to one another. If you have addictions, go and talk to somebody. It's okay. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. It's not a case of, are you a sinner? Are you sinner? We all have fallen short. But the way out of it is knowing that you're the righteousness of God. Most people who are addicted to pornography is because they don't think that God can bless them in oneness. So they need to see somebody else's oneness. It's like that. And when you know that God is that good, he can turn water into wine for you. You can walk away from things. You don't, you've been an addict for smoking. How will you get out of it? Not by telling you don't smoke. It's not sin, not sin. No, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. You're not allowed to be a slave to anything. He doesn't want you to be a slave. You rule over it. So now you might have, Smoke one and it's fine. It's not ruling you anymore. You can say no to it, you'll walk out of it because it's in your nature. How many receive this? Okay, now see this. It says here, verse 12, everything is permissible for me, but not all things are beneficial. Everything is permissible for for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything and brought under its power, allowing it to control me. He's saying, everything is allowed for me, but not all things are good for me. Everything is allowed for me, but I will not be enslaved. I will not let anything control me or make me a slave to it. That is the truth. (laughs) Everything is allowed. I have the liberty. I just don't take the liberty for an opportunity for the flesh. Okay? See this, food is for the stomach and the stomach for food. But God will do away with both of them. The body is not intended for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. And the Lord is for the body to save, to sanctify, raise it again because of the sacrifice of the cross. And God has not only raised the Lord to life, but will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Am I therefore to take the members of Christ and make them a part of a prostitute? Certainly not. Do you not know that the one who joins himself to a prostitute is one body with her? For he says, the two shall become one flesh. But the one who is united and joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Run away from sexual immorality in any form, whether thought or behavior, whether visual or written. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the one who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you, whom you have received as a gift from God, and that you are not your own property? Look at verse 20. You were bought with a price. You were actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and made his own. So then honor and glorify God with your body. Paul is talking in, this is Corinthian church, okay, baby church. Because they're meddling still, they think grace, license, they're just going on doing everything. And he's like, hey, wait. (laughs) It's like, you know, when, uh, have you seen that movie, Bavilliers Million? I don't know if I got the name right. This guy wins three million rupees or to inherit something. uh, Before he inherits, the clause is that you will take 30 million, he's going to inherit 30 million, three million rupees and spend it in three days. And this guy just goes crazy spending and he has to spend every last penny, only then will he inherit the 30 million rupees. This is a very old movie. And so what happens is his father did it is because when it came to inheriting the 30 million, he didn't want to spend it. See, when you hear grace, first you see kids just going, doing anything, but then they come to a security that they're the righteousness of God and Christ. And they don't want to. If you know that your mom is always forgiving The kid will actually, even if they do the worst thing, they will come and still own up. But if they are fearful, they will not come and own up with the parent. In the security of knowing that you're always forgiven, there's actually room for growth. And you can be and live as a son. But if there's fear, you'll never, you'll do it just quick fix, then you're again in the same position. I've laid this teaching down because you can overcome and reign. If y'all are in addictions, there's nothing to be embarrassed about, whatever that might be. But if you want to rule over them, you need to know that you came from the king's house, born of blood. There is no good, bad, what you're doing behind closed doors. We are open here. I tell you everything. I watched Netflix, there was some A-rated, I saw that also. And then after some time, I didn't want to, I was like, man, those images are stuck in my head. You know, I didn't want to, but it just went like this. How do you get out? And now I'm like, I don't want to. Oh, I wish Netflix does something. And then the funny thing, is, I went to a spa. I sat in front of this girl who was the head of Netflix. I'm like, I'm so happy you're here. I said, can you do movies, you know, because some content is so good, but half of them have nudity and sex in it. I said, how do you edit, you know, can't you make versions of it? Like where it's accessible to generally if you don't want to. And I believe that God just put that person there because as sons, you're going to reign over those things. How will you reign? Everything in your nature doesn't want to. I'm not telling you to fight it. Everything you doesn't want to because you can only not want to if you know who you are and don't let the flesh mess with you. You're still the righteousness of God in Christ. Then you can rule over addictions, rule over things. What if your kids are doing those things? Don't go and tell them this is sin, what you're doing is wrong. Give them an identity of the righteousness of God in Christ. Born of him, born of his blood. And that they keep doing those things, again remind them that one day suddenly what they're doing and who they are doesn't go together. The things will fall off. You are in this world, not of this world. You rule over all things. How do you rule over all things? Work in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust. Of the flesh walk in the spirit means what remind yourself where you came from born again born from above born from his blood everything in you just is like your father you see the flesh act up subdue it kick it kick it out oh, I didn't like it I said the effort oh it's not in my nature righteousness of God and you keep doing it you keep doing it you will realize after some time you're not even fighting it it's under your feet yes okay so let's give a spiritual tithe say father i'm a son in your kingdom jesus you're my high priest and right now i give you a tithe of all the increase and understanding that has come to me just begin to thank him thank you father that we are sons of your blood we are the righteousness of god in christ Father, born of you, born from above, Father. I thank you that your blood sanctifies us, sanctifies our imaginations, everything separates us from everything that is of the world. Father, I just thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.